I've got this great idea. Matt, I'm tired and I want to go home. Besides, Halloween Havoc is about to start. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another week's edition of Hold On, Let Me Tell It podcast. Coming to you live from the Dongsville Podcast Studio and Toy Museum. I am Matt Marbury, and with me at the table is Sarah Barfield. Hi, everyone. And Adam Tollefson. Happy Frightful Friday. This week's podcast is brought to us by Down the Street Bar and Grill, located at 967 South Jackson Street in Janesville. Stop down on Terrifying Tuesday for 50 cents off of all tequila shots. Also, free nachos after 7 p.m. Nothing scary about that. Nothing scary about that. Still working on that bottle as the podcast beer. Matt had the week off, so I'm guessing that thing's probably gone pretty much cashed <laughs> <laughs> whiskey and coffee that's how you got shit done last week that's right um i want to start off the show this week by wishing our own sarah a very happy birthday thank you i had to keep it under wraps last week um so your birthday was what thursday last week yes yep so the day after we recorded but the day before the show dropped so yeah. The whole reason I had to keep it under wraps is because we did have a surprise party planned for Sarah, put on by our sister Lisa. Yes. Um. <laughs> sadly, with all like the COVID stuff, um, not that I'm freaked out about getting COVID. Um, I am freaked out about what a wrench it kind of throws into the whole system if either of my kids, you know, school or daycare or something like that gets shut down. Plus I wouldn't want to be responsible for that. Like I would feel like, I would feel like mm-hmm. shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, totally. uh, just, just knowing that you disrupted and honestly like two kids come down with it. They're just shutting down an elementary school. So, <laughs> right. Um, doesn't matter if I think it's a big deal until the rest of the world doesn't think it's such a big deal. Um, I have to operate as though it is a big deal. Yeah. Sure. Yep. But how was it? Yes, it was an excellent party. Um, I was genuinely surprised. I had no idea. My sisters and my family were really good liars. Usually my husband blows it, like blows it, and I find out somehow. Um, But like Liz was really, so we had, Liz had been like, oh, on Friday, let's go out to dinner for your birthday at the Velvet Buffalo. And she's just talking it up about rooftop drinks. And then she made reservations and all of this. And we were supposed to, Jim and I were supposed to pick up Lisa at six, have drinks, and then our res was at seven. Okay. Um, But when we're leaving in my house, well, I had gotten in the shower and I was getting ready. And Taylor then gets in the shower and I look at Jim and I'm like, what's she doing tonight? <laughs> and I was kind of getting, I had probably had a tone to my voice. Like, I like how she, Taylor's not here tonight to defend herself yeah. right now. Does she think she's going to dinner? Like what? And he's like, well, yeah, her and Chase are, or yeah, her and Chase are going to dinner. I'm like, why? Like, can we not have an It's ad- my night, God damn it. Like, can we not have an adult night? All like right. what is going on? And um, I'm like, well, you better check with Liz to see if there's enough space in the reservations. Like, I don't know how many she made them for. So then he comes back and he's like, yeah, I talked to Liz. Like, um, Taylor's riding with us 
And then we were taking my car and not his car. And I'm like, why? Are, why? Like this, <laughs> I don't like this plan, but I'm not going to put up a big stink. So, um, and Liz is like, yeah, there's plenty of, or I made reservations for like seven with Taylor and Chase are both coming. And then Jim's like, and then Taylor's going to leave with Chase while we go out for drinks, like in downtown Beloit oh, okay. and take care of the dogs basically. Nice. And then if we need her for a DD, she'll come back and get us. That works. Yeah. yeah. That feeds in the story. That does. Okay. Yeah. So then we get to Lisa's house and I always either don't pull all the way down or oh, I just like, with something else. Yeah. Or, or I pull like into the front yard. And so Jim was driving. He's like, oh, I'm just going to leave it right here. And I'm like, yeah, that's where I'm like, we're leaving in a minute anyway. This is where I always park. <laughs> and um, I saw like the back of an older gentleman like walking on her deck. And Jim's like, who's that? And I'm like, I think it's her neighbor. Like he's like stopping over here all of the time unannounced. Like I did not think anything weird about that. Okay, good. Um, because last time I was there, he just was in the backyard, just talking to us. Just from, popped in anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. That's what I was telling Matt. I've never seen the guy. I'm uh, over there is, quite a bit. This is the first time I've ever seen oh. him too. But yeah. Okay. So, um, I was at the party we, and so we we're all at the, on the back porch, you know, that's above the, um, garage. And then at one point it was like, Hey, Sarah's pretty good about being on time. So it was like, maybe we should prep for like 10 minutes before six or whatever. And so we made Chase text Taylor. And they're like, oh yeah, they're on their way. And like, all right, we'll give us like a three minute out or, or something. <laughs> and I'm like, should we be in the house? Like, Everybody, we'll just stay out here. And then that way she can, in case she does drive down, we can kind of still yeah. hang back or whatever. And then at one point, Chase goes, they're a minute out. So oh, it was no. like, hey, like we had to yell at everybody, like, get ready. And it, that's the exact moment Ed, the neighbor, comes walking <laughs> through the yard and he has a, a birthday cake in his hand. Because I guess he has a similar birthday or somebody. He yeah, had an extra. Just a couple of days earlier. Yeah. Cake, yeah. And that's so, a cake left over. I, it's it pretty a, good. It was a full cake. <laughs> I mean, that thing weighed like 20 pounds. It was like huge. a half sheet. Yeah. Double yes. decker half sheet. Yes. Holy moly. And he's like, I'm just bringing this cake over. And like, you need to get inside right now, Ed. <laughs> like, <laughs> so he's trying to make it up inside. And that's and the back you saw as you were. Yeah. Oh so I didn't God. see he was carrying anything. Okay, so three good. seconds earlier, though, you see a giant sheet cake. All right. Then the, the gig would have been up. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Because I remember seeing the car pull up the blinker on. I'm like, oh, Ed fucked it up. I don't even know who Ed is, but he fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then. We get up on the, and then the sliding patio, you know, and I saw like a happy birthday banner hanging up there. I'm like, what the, f why is that hanging up there? And then, yeah, I was genuinely surprised. <laughs> and the, at first I'm like, so we're not having, di we're not going for dinner. <laughs> Someone, we need to take. Someone still need, Jim we gotta needs go to, to the take you damn velvet, velvet Buffalo, whatever it's called. Yeah, Spearmint Rhino. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Lisa really did a great job, like, keeping it local. She got wraps from GR's, egg rolls from Cozy Inn. God Dude, damn. Chicken wings from El Rey. Yeah. The oh, spread was legit. It was so good. Yeah. Mike across the street's a good one for football Sunday. He'd be like, I'm going to El Rey and grab some wings. It's like, yes. Yeah, yeah super good. so good. Right? Yeah. Yes. yeah, and... Uh, and Abby was a great sport because it was her actual birthday on Friday. So happy birthday to Abby. Um, which yes, happy birthday. We ended up celebrating on Saturday. We took a little road trip to Montello. I'd like to hear more about the Montello. Yeah, it's gorgeous there. They have yeah. like um, waterfalls downtown and it's just a small little cute 
downtown area um, with oh one of the bars. Well, we went to this. We went for lunch at this rendezvous, and we had the best waitress ever. She was actually the proprietor of the rendezvous, and she wa- used to be like an um, an activities director. So once she found out it was Abby's birthday, she like gives her like a glass for free, and she's like, "You take this to all the bars and get free drinks. Your really? first stop is going to be Wheezy's, which is actually called the Town Pump." Oh, oh, I that's saw a picture of Adam's mother standing <laughs> yes. underneath that. Hey, what I did too. <laughs> and we did. I was. I meant in her high school yearbook. <laughs> Jesus. Hey. Hey. I did too. <laughs> um, and Have we, a great summer. <laughs> yeah. They signed. Have a great summer, TP. (laughs) We ended up taking that giant cake that Ed brought over, and Lisa, of course, comes up with all these games to play. Yes. So we played Tenzies, and the last man standing on Tenzies got to smear all the other ladies' face into the cake. cake. So I'll show you that video later. Wow. Uh, Spoiler, you're going to tell us who got what? Liz won. Liz won, so she got to smear the cake into... So everybody would sit down in a chair, and in front of them was that giant cake, and Liz's hand is behind your head, and it's like, one, Wait, two, so three... Wait, so everybody's head went in the cake? Yes. <laughs> what a waste of cake. Ed right now is fucking pissed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so we just had drinks and um, nacho bar at the cabin, and then when I retired for the night, it, you, I went upstairs. Sarah turned 80 over the weekend, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when I retired for the evening. <laughs> to the chambers. <laughs> so my, I was sleeping with Lisa upstairs in our bedroom. There's, so you go up the stairs, there's like a loft with a bed. Oh, I got a, a tele um, cribs. The, uh, Ashley did a tele shot with them. So where they, you know, do the FaceTime. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, made, I, I made Abby, I think, show me around. So mm-hmm. that place was awesome. What mm-hmm. a great Airbnb. It really was. And then right after the loft bedroom, you go through the doorway and there's another back bedroom with a bathroom. So it's, I'm, I'm asleep. Lisa comes up later. And I kind of woke up when she came into bed. And then all of a sudden, I'm trying, I'm falling back asleep. And I feel a warm, soft, firm body hit my forehead. And it's a motherfucking bat. Oh, what? my God. Yeah. So then we're causing a little bit. Of le- <laughs> oh, I, shit. I bolt up and I immediately like jump over on Lisa. And she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, there's something in here. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, there's a bat in here. She's like, no, there's not. I'm like, yes, there is. And first of all, I can't see a fucking thing without my glasses on. You're so blind I'm, as a bat. Yes. So I'm trying to find those and put those on. And we've woken up Liz and abby who are in the loft and then christy and becky were downstairs in the bedrooms down there and um i'm trying to like get to the bathroom to turn on the light so i can get my shit i'm like i'm getting out of here like i'm not sleeping in this room now like it's done and abby like pokes her head and she's like is everything is everything okay in there (laughs) i'm like no there's a bat so we get out and Liz is now Liz is paranoid because she has dealt with bats before. So she's like, you shut that door, shove a sweatshirt underneath. They can get out of the tiniest little cracks. I'm like, oh, my God. But yeah, it was really we had a great time. So did you just quarantine off the room? Yes. And like we're like, oh, we're not. That's something for the owner to take care of. Not us. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't a great outdoor situation where you guys didn't. You know, <laughs> net up and get some tennis rackets and dude. No. Do you remember my my bat story at the Peas Courthouse? 
There is a few. Sure. We used to get, okay, so uh, me and TJ lived on the upstairs. We would rarely get bats up there, but Seth and Melissa lived on the downstairs. Yeah. Later, Jake and Nate lived on that downstairs. Yep. In the basement, frequently would cut, we'd get bats down there. And I think they came in through like the chimney or whatever. But like you said, they can get in a very, very small area. So you might think you have it all sealed off and it could be like the size of like a dime and they can somehow squeeze their fucking nasty bodies through that. <laughs> yes. um, but we had like a, pretty much a ritual of Wednesday nights, we would like get ripped and watch South Park. And the man show. And the, and the man show. <laughs> In the basement. And uh, the bats were somewhat of a frequent thing. So we had a tennis racket next to the couch. (laughs) Um, It wasn't that surprising that a bat started flying around at one point. And a lot of times, you know, you'd you'd whack it and it'd fucking flop against the wall. And you'd pretty much just pick it up with a paper towel and throw it outside. And get rid of it. Oh, Um, God. This particular time, like I, I fucking reared up like Frank Thomas and whacked this bat so hard. And then I was like, where'd it go? Like, I thought I'm like, where the fuck did it go? I thought it hit the wall. Like you would see it hit the wall. Usually (laughs) where the fuck is it? We're all like freaking out. There's three or four of us down there. And then I turn and look down at my racket and I'd hit the bat so squarely oh, yeah. that its head went, went through, through the yes. laces. I do remember But that. the rest of the body was on the other side. So its head's oh through the laces. Screaming. It's like oh, flapping no. at me. And like, I mean, I literally had to just take the entire racket and just throw it outside. <laughs> and then the next day, there was just a dead bat in a racket. My, um, uh. <laughs> my bad story was that was Rock, Rockport Road. I was in third grade. And we, me and, um, my sister Becky at the time, so she must be <laughs> Is four. She still your sister, yeah. At the, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I disowned her. There. Yeah. No, um. So like, I'm eight. She's four or something like that. And we have like the tiny little single beds. Yep. And all of a sudden, it's just. It was pretty much what Lisa did. Like, what are you doing? Or, or you <laughs> yeah. joined? You know, it was dad and mom. All of a sudden, it was like, what the hell are you guys doing? Like, there's not enough room in this bed. Like, what the. <laughs> There's a bat we're going to figure out tomorrow. <laughs> it come down at Rockport Road. So they were just like, no, we're just going to crash in here. We're not dealing with that right now. The, that's the move, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's, yeah. <laughs> I had a really interesting, I, it was a weird, it was definitely a weird thing that happened. Um, but it got weirder a couple of days later. Um, so Kendra, Kendra had planned to go to like the girls thing with you guys. Yeah. But again, because of this whole thing, she's like, I really don't think I should go. And I'm like, yeah, you do. You do what you think is right. Um, so instead, not our, it's not, it wasn't our wedding anniversary, but like our anniversary of like when we started dating was Saturday, which was when she was going to be with you guys. Yeah. Um, so she took off the Friday before cause I was on vacation and she's like, let's just hang out and we'll just like go to some shops or something like that. And maybe um, find that Charlotte Hornet hockey, <laughs> hockey jersey. Dude, I didn't have any time to look at uh, all the thrift stores for that. Although I would have. Sarah, see what I did get over there? Look at that. A that's, cheese fez. That's awesome. Yeah. And that trophy that's going to be used for uh, various hold on, let me tell it oh, events. Oh, awesome. Um, a nice trophy. Yeah. So, anyways, we're just kind of like bebopping around. Um, 
you know, we were hitting up like little, little shops, consignment shops, things like that. Things that you don't get any time, you know, when you have kids in tow to actually like look around at right. anything. Sure. Right. Uh, when you got the kids with you, it's like, go in, get what you need to get, get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Have an agenda. Um, but we are also, the whole neighborhood is kind of embracing the ha- uh, Halloween decorating. Mm-hmm. Looks awesome. For the most part. Um, but like, I refuse to be beaten. So like... I was almost to the point That's where, like, weird. like dominatrix, or what are we talking about for your anniversary? <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's a neighborhood competition. Oh, That's I not really you. a competition, Only but it is. is. Only Matt's yeah. in it. <laughs> it was like one time I was like counting the pumpkins over at Mike's house. I was like, if he's got six, I'm gonna have to go get another one. No, it kind oh of, my god, it's yeah. not to that. Sounds about right. Um, but it was funny because when Gretchen moved in next door, she was talking about how they're gonna decorate and do all these big decorations for for Halloween and they have like three little things out there and I was outside and I'm like, Gretchen, when are you going to start decorating for Halloween? Uh. (laughs) I don't know, but (laughs) the whole thing boils down to, we had picked up a couple other little things um, on Friday when we were like bopping around. One of which was a smoke machine for the porch. Um, And I plugged it in and I'm like checking out, but it was windy as shit. So it, it doesn't give you the same effect <laughs> no, when the second you do it, it just blows three houses down. It actually just looks like the house is on fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the whole point is Josh from like a, you know, one door down or two doors down, however you want to say it. Uh, he was over. Mike had just gotten off of work. So like he popped over beautiful day on Friday. Like it was so nice. It was. Yep. And we we're all just kind of like milling about on the porch and this, like tan, small, like four door, kind of like Ashley's old car. Like just, just Hyundai a real, innocu- it's a real like innocuous car. Like you would just look at it and be like, ah, oh, that's a tan car. Like, you sure. don't, I don't know. Um, but it's like making a shitload of noise as it's coming up the street and it's not coming up all that fast. And he's like clearly swerving and stuff. Oh boy. And, he takes like a wide turn. He's coming up the hill, takes like a wide left turn right into my driveway. What the heck? What? And like throws it in park. And he's not like up the driveway. I have like a, I have like a fairly long driveway and it's got like a yeah. cement, like three foot cement wall on both on sides. Each side. And it's fairly narrow too. So, uh, so he like stops kind of at the bottom and then he's like, he's got long hair. He's got long brown hair, no shirt on, which was not that crazy because, like I said, it was probably 75, 80. Like, it was a nice fucking day. Yeah. But it wasn't no shirt Even those guys that that drive with the no shirts. uh, Yeah. Okay. But the weirdest part is he throws it, like, in park or whatever, and then he's, like, I can't tell if he's, like, thrashing around or if he's, like, nodding off. But, like, this big mob of hair is, like, falling all over the place and like he's he's making all these real erratic mo- motions and then uh, i'm like what the fuck is this like we're all turning around looking at the guy and he, he eventually like gets enough together where he throws it in reverse backs out of the driveway and then starts heading back down the street and i thought he was gonna hit joe i thought he was gonna hit joe's car that was parked right in front of my house and then I thought he was going to hit Joe because Joe was like walking down the sidewalk and the dude's just like swerving all the way down the road. 
And I'm like, what the fuck was that? Like that right. guy was tweaked out of his fucking mind on something. I have no idea. Why is your house a haven for like holiday? Yeah, that's so weird. Holiday hooligans. Like, I don't know. Remember you had the Christmas the guy? guy? Christmas? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you need to stop decorating this house. Never. Um. So anyways, that was very, very strange. And we all were just kind of like baffled by it. But things took a very weird turn. Um, let's see. A couple days later. It was Sunday. I threw a bunch of sausages on the grill. And I just kind of threw a message out to like Mike and Charlie. Like, hey, if you guys want to come on over. I got some brats on the grill, whatever. Um, so there's probably like four or five of us. And my buddy Shane Essen stops over. He was just going to head to Charlie's to have a beer. Charlie was over here. So he just came over here. And he starts telling me the story about how on Friday, yes, uh, he got off work about three o'clock from Woodman's and drove home. So he's getting home like maybe 3.30. And I don't know if you know where Shane lives, but it's over by the ice arena. Yeah. And it's like, it's almost like on the hill behind the ice arena. He's like the last house up there. Okay. Sorry, Shane. I just gave all your info away. Um <laughs> But because it's like a hill up there, there's like this uh, metal barricade, like along the road, the yeah. driveway, kind of. No. Um, Shane says he pulls up there and he's like, and there's a guy wearing nothing but a swimsuit. And he's like completely hunched over the, the barricade. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, dude, it's the fucking weirdest thing. And... I like said something to him and he popped up for a second and he goes, Oh, Hey, uh, I'm just looking for something or something like that. And Shane's like, okay. And, um, cause, and Shane's like, dude, there's because of where it's at, there's a lot there's of people a, that go up there yes. and just like smoke pot or whatever. Remember he, he had like put the sign up for kids, yeah, for like littering quit, shit. quit leaving your shit here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, You're going to ruin a good it, thing. Yeah. That's what he said. I love that. Um, so Shane goes in his house and he says it's like 15, 20 minutes go by and he looks out the window and the guy is hunched over the, the barricade again. And so he's like, I don't know. I think this guy's in trouble. I'm going to go see what's up with him. And so he goes, he, he's like, I walk up to him and he's just like kind of mumbling a little bit. And like Shane goes, he was like, he was, he was like, head was basically on the ground. He took a picture of it. I'll show you real quick. All right. Oh my Lord. Um, where kind of, does he say where the did he just pull over? It's kind of, well, Shane's in his house. And no, no, I mean, is, is the car there? The car's there. Okay. Oh my God. The car's there. Uh, so Shane goes and he t and he sees the guy. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. That's all the way over. Yeah. So, and uh, so the guy's kind of like stuck there and Shane just kind of like throws him over and he's like, he fucking like lands on his head and shit. And he's oh, just, no. and Shane's like, what are you doing up here? And he's like, I, I'm, Cause Shane basically says like, look, if you're up here like smoking pot or whatever, that's fine, but you should probably get moving on. If you're into some harder shit, like this ain't the fucking place for yeah, him. Man. And the guy's like, no, I was, I just smoked way too much pot and I got, I'm all, I'm all out of it or the, and Shane's like, oh, I don't know about that yeah. kind of thing. Bullshit. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then he's like, and then the guy fucking walked after after he got up, the guy like walked fifty yards to a. There's a bench up there, and he's like, he did. He he went and got his pipe, and then he walked back to his car and then took off. And I was like, what kind of car was it? And he goes, 
this is some little tan car. <laughs> and I go, like, no. what? And I was like, what time is this? He's like, I don't know, 3.30, 4 o'clock. I'm like, it was 4.30 when that guy pulled up in my driveway. So he left from there to your place after yes. that? Oh, my God. What and are then, the odds? And then Mike right? goes, uh, Mike's like, I like how none of us felt the need to call the police because, you know, like this is obviously a uh, situation where this guy could have fucking killed somebody or, or something like that. <laughs> but it happened and so then, fast. And then, yeah, it happened really fast here. I was going to say that Shane there. had about a half hour to deal with it. <laughs> okay. Different story. <laughs> and Mike also goes, Shane, last, uh, like a year ago, you told me a story up there where you saw a guy that you thought was kidnapping girls in a van. I'm not going to call the police on every little thing. That happens. <laughs> <laughs> and I was fucking dying laughing when he said that. <laughs> that is good. Oh my God. That is good. I'm not going to call the police on every little thing that happens. What, you think I want to bother them on the non-emergency line like that? Oh. People come up by Lion's Beach. It happens. That's perfect. Oh. Yeah. Like, so we could basically track this guy. It, it was an, it was weird, dude. And I don't know how you could like look up. Um, that guy could not have gotten far with the shape that he appeared to be in when he left this driveway. Damn. He, he couldn't have gotten far. I don't, I want to know what happened to this guy. Right. We, um, uh, Stan and I, one time when we were working together, we were coming back from Walworth one time. It was a Friday night and the car in front of us was doing fish tail, like not on purpose, but just the, just crossing the line and then coming back over on like 14. Yeah. And it was like, nope. So we called the called the cops and we're like hey here's where we're at we're right behind him but one of these times he's gonna smack somebody head on like all right we're on it and he like pulled off of like by emerald grove mm. never know if they got it. like all right we'll send somebody over but it's like it's so tough like i i we thought we were gonna see a head-on collision yeah like, it was terrible one time me and kendra we had michaela in the back this is years ago um probably 10 years ago now at this point maybe even more but we were coming back from, I think, my Uncle Jeff's or something. But we were on Highway 51, like that stretch of 51 between the jail and Blackbridge. Yep. And we're kind of coming down there. And all of a sudden, I like look in the rearview mirror. I'm like, there's a car behind us, like coming up super so fast. fast. Like, uh, And we're going like 60 miles an hour. It must have been going 100 miles an hour. And to the point where like, I'm like, we, we kind of like pulled over and he just like, barely missed us and like went around us and we get up to he like he does stop at the red light and then he's blazing again past like the river and shit and we get up to uh parker pond or something no we get up to like papa john's okay. there's a cop right there and it's summer so like the windows are down and shit and we just said like that guy that just turned right here was going at least 100 miles an hour swerving down 51. Like, somebody should go at least check on that guy. And he's like, on it, and just fucking flew out of there. Well, that's good. Because I swear nine times out of ten, I'll see some crazy shit, and then I'll see a cop, like, come in the other direction or up, like, sitting off to the side of the road. I'm like... Oh, you're done, buddy. And then you keep <laughs> driving. Like, they don't... I'm like, they weren't looking? Or I'm like... You guys are right there. I'm like, maybe they're on the computer. I don't know. Yeah. I've never seen the gotcha bitch. You know what I mean? And like, I don't know if they got like I saw him pull out after him. I didn't know if you know I didn't sucks. follow it after that. But yeah, <laughs> it was that weird dude that worked at Piggly Wiggly. His name was Harry. You remember him? 
Yeah, I know Harry. It was him. The guy that was the guy really? that was driving the car. I saw him. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> we're at the five points intersection. Me and Stan again. We're we're in a a gigantic van with a lot of equipment in it. You can't drive fast in it. And it was one of those, just like you said, like that dude's driving way too fast for this red light and tried to stop and smacked into this uh, car at the intersection and then drives around him. Me and Santa are like, let's get him. And we're in the, we're in the <laughs> van and it was awesome. He kills the lights. <laughs> we went up and like we were following him and we, we got over by um, like Franklin. We, 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 we got him. He pulls in the car or he pulled his car in his driveway and like comes like we lost him because we're in the van but we came around the corner and found him like and he's like just stumbling in the house I'm like well there you are dude you know like i, I don't know and i, I so just, then what we never hear I'm like you got the they don't tell you they're yeah. like all right yeah. we'll stop by see what's up and i feel like, like you could follow up on it but that's on you, you yeah. they're not going to call you and be like hey thanks for the tip young like, man i just I, I'd rather hear what happened to the person that got hit. Like, yeah. What if that person's dead or something? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Did you guys get any feedback from the uh, creep, creep show? show? I haven't gotten any. Oh, I did at the party. You did? Yeah. yeah. Everybody loved it. They did? Yep. Except for mine. Wow. wow. Nobody called Adams out at, except for Adam. <laughs> what do you mean? He's just like, oh, mine was, mine was weak. It was weak. He came unprepared. He's he admitted that. I thought it was honestly fine, and everybody who listened to it was fine. Well, um, we're definitely going to get into um, what do I call it? Episode? What I what I call that episode? Volume one. So volume two. We're definitely going to get into some volume two here. Um, but before we do that, seems to be visiting us on about an every other week basis. Uh, but uh, our good commissioner, Gary Indiana, has sent over the latest Tecmo in two. Hello, fantasy football fans. <laughs> I am Gary Indiana, and this is your week five Tecmo in two. The Mega Powers handed the asterisks a brutal defeat <laughs> as Matt's squad annihilated Nate Dog by a score of 159 to 101. This one was over even before Dakota Prescott showed us his best sit vicious off the top rope impression. <laughs> nice. There hasn't been a slaughter like this since Chris Benoit snapped, Jeez. much like Dak's ankle. <laughs> Gringeworthy. Mega powers move into the top spot. In the battle for Ludog supremacy, frontman Andy Wilson kept DJ Doja at bay by posting a respectable 126 points to Adam's 99. Some people just can't handle the limelight. Adam <laughs> takes his place at the rear of the stage and the standings through week five Beautiful. as he drops to 10th place. In a bizarro world situation, Cal couldn't muster up enough strength to beat off to dudes this week. In fact, Cal couldn't even muster up 70 points as he was trounced 128 to 69. Dang. Taking Lamar Jackson with the number two pick overall seems apropos as he's played like a sack of number two, two of the last three weeks. Big Max got a much needed win over Wicked Wilson 108 to 105, despite Antonio having Melvin Gordon in his lineup, whose game was moved due to COVID. Big Max came from behind per usual and got his first win of the season thanks to eight points from Gabriel Davis on Monday night. 
Who the hell is Gabriel Davis? <laughs> yes. Mr. Nothing Personal dropped Thundering Wilbur by a healthy 40 points as he sent Jake out of his first place tower with a final tally of 140 to 101. Despite Angelo being in seventh place in the standings, he will forever be in first place when it comes to terrible team names. <laughs> Seriously, how has he not changed this awful name? In a very close matchup, the boss took down Gold Rush by a score of 117 to 114. Jamie's squad had three players in the Sunday night game combined for 60 points, which had to have Sarah worried. But alas, no happy ending this time for Jables. <laughs> this has been the Tecmo in two, and I have been Gary Indiana. Back to the gang. Thank you, Gary. Nice work, Gary. We got to trim that down a little bit next week, though. I don't like it when the music stops. Yeah, what are you going to do? That, that's, <laughs> God, that was good work, Matt. <laughs> well, don't. I'll, I mean, I'll I mean, pass uh, it along. I'll uh, pass it Gary, along. Tell, can you tell Gary? <laughs> I can. No one can get his number. I've tried. I told you, he lives right up the stairs. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it was good. All right. Well, volume two of the Creep Show, ladies and germs. And uh, who wants to go first? I think I need to. You do? You guys had good uh, good stories last time, and I had just had regurgitated nonsense. Not nonsense, but... You're being a little hard on yourself. It wasn't as fun as... Is it because I got really angry though before we recorded last <laughs> week? <laughs> I still have this shiner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go for it, Adam. Floor is yours. The hands resist him. This is a story. Well, it's not a story. It's all fact. <laughs> it's a true story. Jack. No, uh, The Hands Resist Him is a painting created by artist Bill Stoneham in 1972. Stonehand or ham? Ham. Okay. Like going ham. Um... It depicts a young boy and a female doll standing in front of a glass paneled door, which I'm going to show you this painting. All right. Let's see how your life changes. Um, I mean, uh, <laughs> see what you think. It depicts a young boy and a female doll standing in front of a glass paneled door <laughs> against which many hands are pressed. According to Stoneham, the boy is based on a photograph of himself at age five. The doorway is a representation of the dividing line between the waking world and the world of fantasy and impossibilities while the doll is a guide that will escort the boy through it okay the hands represent a portal if you will right well whatever you want the the hands represent alternate lives or possibilities so yeah the painting multiverse. A choose your own adventure. Kind of, but then it goes <laughs> south. The painting became the subject of an urban legend and a viral internet meme in February of 2000 when it was posted for sale on eBay, along with a description implying it was haunted. Was the artist selling it, or do you know? We'll get to that. Oh, okay, sorry. The painting was first displayed uh, at the. Fine Garden Gallery in Beverly Hills, California during the early 70s. Uh, the one-man Stoneham show at the gallery, which included the piece, was reviewed by the art critic by the Los Angeles Times. During the show, the painting was purchased by actor John Marley. 
uh, notable for his role as Jack Waltz in The Godfather. Sometime after Marley's death, the painting was found uh, on the on the site of an old brewery by an elderly Californian couple uh, stated in their original eBay listing. The painting appeared on the auction website in eBay of February, 2000. According to the seller, the couple, the painting, uh, according to the couple, the painting carried some form of curse. Their eBay description made a series of claims that the painting was cursed or haunted included in those claims were that the characters in the painting would move during the night that they would sometimes leave the painting and enter the room in Dang. which the painting was being displayed. Also including with the listing was a series of photographs that were said to be evidence of an incident to which the female doll character threatened the male character with a gun she was holding, causing him to attempt to leave the painting. A disclaimer is included with the listing, absolving the seller of all liability if the painting was purchased. News of the listing was quickly spread around by the internet uh, or by the internet users who forwarded the link to their friends and then the internet started to write their own pages about it. Some people claimed that simply viewing the photo of the painting would make them feel ill or have unpleasant experiences. Yes, you say you have a photo of that. Are you staring at it right now? Yeah. <laughs> How are you feeling, bud? <laughs> Oh, I have a story from like 2007 from when I first found this thing. I told Sarah on the ride home last week. I was like, oh, I completely forgot about this. Oh, nice. Yeah. Eventually the, addendum. eventually, the auction page was viewed over 30,000 times. After an initial bid of $199, the painting eventually received 30 bids and was sold for $1,025. Oh, that's, that's nothing. Right. The buyer... Perception Gallery in Grand Rapids, Michigan, eventually contacted Bill Stoneham and related the unusual story of its auction on eBay and their acquisition of it. So the, the people that bought it on eBay was an actual art house. Yeah. yeah. They contacted the, 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 artist. the artist. Yes. Okay. Um, and, and told them that they got it. He reported being surprised by all the stories and strange, uh, strange interpretations of the images of the painting. According to the artist... The object uh, presumed by the eBay sellers to be a gun is actually nothing more than a dry cell battery in a tangle of wires. If you guys want to look at the painting, you can. Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm going to pass on that right <laughs> oh, now. Oh, what a pussy you are. I don't want to get a curse. And maybe go on your phone and get a better zoom in because it's, it's a tiny picture. Um, according to the artist, yeah, like I said, it, the... It wasn't a gun. It was a dry cell battery and a tangle of wires. Stoneham recalls that both the owner of the gallery in which the painting was first displayed and the art critic who reviewed it died within one year of coming into contact with the painting. Uh, mm. I just got an <laughs> email from Stoneham. <laughs> oh, Billy? Um, Billy? <laughs> I want to know how big the painting is. The one I saw was, was way bigger. Like um, the real life one? Yeah, or at least a picture of it. Bigger I mean, than an 8x10? Uh, no, I, see the one behind Matt's? Oh, yeah, like, like that the, poster? The Harley, Harley Race. 24. Yeah, I think it's about like that. About like that. Hmm. So where is the painting now? Did I miss that? I was still gazing into the eyes of this boy. Gallery? It's still in the gallery in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, nice. So who bought it from the eBay auction still? Yeah. And have they reported any weirdness? Yes. Um, oh, cool. Also, let me just, okay, so I found this, I think it was around this time of year too, and maybe it showed up on one of the, you know, like kind of Facebook thing or something like scary shit you don't know about or whatever. 
I sh- I saw this and I was like, this is supposed to make you feel unpleasant feelings or <laughs> weird shit can happen or they say that you know weird stuff can can happen just from viewing it. And I, I showed it to Ashley and she was like, yeah, I don't like that. I'm like, I don't like that either. <laughs> Then, there's something weird about it. There's something weird about it. it First of all, it's kind of strange that they're so off center in the picture. Yeah. The boy is like kind of wearing, um, he's like a younger Forrest Gump. He's wearing like the magic shoes. Oh, totally. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. There's, there's definitely things that are like a little strange about it, but to me, it's like when they do like the, um, when you explained it, I thought it was going to be something like really fucking weird, but it's not. I need a bigger picture. Um, they okay. It, it it reminds me of, you know how in the ring they just do imagery of like there's like a horse and yeah. then there's like a chicken mirror and there's like there there's just shit that they can show you that just makes normal you stuff. On, yeah. But then they could tweak it and make you feel un it's unsettling. Anyway, I just remember showing this to Ashley and we're just like, this is creepy as shit. And then as soon as we we're like, I don't know, a minute after this. We were living at Becky's old place, and I'm like, man, that painting's weird, ain't it? And she's like, yeah, it is. The fucking TV screen just went pink. <laughs> all pink. What? You ever seen all pink before? No. I've seen the static. I've the seen black. the blue. I've seen the black. The bars. Yeah. yeah, I've seen the bars. I've never seen an all pink. And it, and it like almost felt like a weird, like, mm. in your head or something. Like, it just it was unsettling. Now we might've gotten our own heads, but we're just like, what the, f-? you know, like what? Cause it says, even by viewing, you can start yeah, feeling. That's yeah. crazy. There's two more, two more paintings. Yeah. Okay. Is that um, by Bill? Yes. Oh, it's oh. a series. Well, new paintings in the series. I, I, f- I think that, he put these out after. Oh yeah. Probably after he's already gained a little notoriety from this one. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Okay. Uh, an individual who saw the story about the painting contact is still stone him about commissioning a sequel. He accepted and painted a sequel called resistance at the threshold. The sequel depicts the same characters 40 years later in the same style as the original. Oh. A second sequel called threshold of revelation resolves mysteries of the boy's life, including that the doll slash girl, perhaps his real sister discovered in their later lives was completed in 2012 and can be seen on Stonehenge's website. I think this dude like ran with this. No, for sure. Yeah. Oh, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Maybe I'll, uh, after that first print got all of a thousand dollars and then like did the, (laughs) I bet he's just rolling in the dough. (laughs) Did Bill's, autobiographer find out like his whole family was slaughtered or anything like that i'm sure the weirdest thing to me is like how yeah i think i think bill's probably dead how this actor purchased it and then he dies and somehow the the painting ends up at a brewery oh yeah but an estate sale or something maybe i guess yeah i bet i need i'm gonna blow this thing up and bring it down here i hope you show up with like something wrapped in craft paper next week and just even if it's not that you just play it off like it is it'll be fine i'm telling you man you start gazing at that thing i'm not gonna gaze at it ain't it. good mm. i mean i got a little rise in my levi's when i started looking at it is that what you mean oh no. boy just kidding <laughs> i am haunted now <laughs> yeah you should be 
Do you want me to go second or you want to go second? I don't care. Well, I went last last time, okay. so maybe I'll go second this time. Okay, I'll go All last. Right. Mm. The podcast resists him. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that's the, the podcast, next painting. She resists him. <laughs> All right, well, this story is a little, well, I shouldn't say a little more well-known than my last one. Uh, a million times probably more well-known than my mm. last one. I still don't think it's like a uh, like a super well-known urban legend thing, but have you heard of Cropsy? Yes. And that was a documentary on Netflix not that long ago. I didn't watch it. I didn't well, either. I might have. Okay. Cropsy is, it's the story of a nightmare come to life. Once Cropsy was just an urban legend, the boogeyman of Staten Island in New York City. Cropsy was rumored to be a homicidal madman, an escaped mental patient with a hook for a hand, who haunted children and dragged them back to the tunnel system that lay under the abandoned ruins of the old Seaview Hospital, a former tuberculosis sanitarium. Um, the very first time I ever heard about Cropsy was from, in a very early episode of Tell Em Steve Dave, Brian Quinn, who is a Staten Island resident, he's like an impractical joker, but years and years before he was on that show, I knew him as the third wheel of this podcast called tell him Steve Dave. Um, he grew up, like I said, on Staten Island and it was just one of those like urban legends. Uh, they said like in his teenage years, they would go and like drink beer on the grounds of this, uh, old abandoned sanitarium. And there was like little like grates all over that you could see down. And there was some sort of like a sewer tunnel, tunnel. system oh, um, that they, they don't know if they used to like kind of dispose of, things from the from the hospital or i mean they're on a fucking island so yeah you know who knows um so anyways parents in staten island used cropsy to frighten their children into being good and staying near home after all cropsy could be anywhere waiting to strike older siblings would tell cropsy stories at night to terrify their younger brothers and sisters as if that wasn't enough one summer camp variation of the tale of cropsy inspired a 1981 slasher movie, The Burning. Have you seen that? No. I haven't either. The cult classic is surprisingly faithful to the tale that Staten Island scouts once swapped over toasted marshmallows. It features a once respectable man named George Cropsey who goes insane after a prank gone wrong leaves him disfigured and begins killing unsuspected summer campers with an axe. Classic 80s movie. Right. <laughs> But then, in the 1980s, the children of Staten Island had even more reason to fear their loyal boogeyman, their local boogeyman, sorry. Cropsy had come to life in the form of an actual homicidal madman who really did hunt children. Soon, the urban legend would be unmasked as Andre Rand. So that's the guy's real name. Rand worked as a janitor at the Willowbrook State School on Staten Island a place whose name alone has the power to frighten adults and children alike. The institution, built as a respite for children with in intellectual disabilities, oh was revealed to be a living hell in the 1970s, although authorities wouldn't close the school until 1987. The children there had been subjected to rampant sexual abuse and corporal punishment, and severe overcrowding led to unsanitary conditions. It was also home to what has been called one of the most unethical medical experiments on children in the United States. In the name of hepatitis research, medical staff intentionally injected healthy children with the virus, 
many of whom became severely ill as a result. The public wasn't aware of the conditions inside the school, given that many of the children inside had sadly been abandoned by their parents and the foster care system, leaving to little accountability. In 1972, a young Geraldo Rivera published an expose that revealed the the horrific conditions inside the Willowbrook State School and ignited a national scandal. The school was officially closed 15 years later, and the negative publicity contributed to the successful passage of federal civil rights legislation that protects the mentally disabled and other people who have been institutionalized. However, that same year, Andre Rand, former janitor of the School of Horrors, was arrested in connection with the disappearance of Jennifer Schweiger, a 12-year-old girl with Down syndrome. At the time, Rand was homeless and living in a makeshift campsite on the grounds of the abandoned school, not far from the ruins of Seaview Hospital that was so closely tied to the Cropsey legend. So this guy's literally camping out on a property much like that in the same same area there, too. Over a month after her disappearance, searchers found Jennifer's body in a shallow grave on the desolate school grounds where the drifter was living. Rand was charged with murder. By that time, Rand had already already had a long rap sheet of crimes against children. In 1969, he was sentenced to 16 months in jail for the attempted sexual assault of a nine-year-old. In 1983, he went to jail again after kidnapping a bus full of children from the local YMCA and driving them to an airport. Oh my God. And though there wasn't enough physical evidence to charge him, police already suspected him in the disappearances of at least four other Staten Islanders going back more than a decade. Uh. Alice Piera, five, who disappeared in 1972. Oh, man. Holly Ann Hughes, seven, who disappeared in 81, was last spotted with Rand on the day of her disappearance. 11-year-old Tihasi Jackson, who disappeared in 1983, Hank Gaffario, a mentally disabled 22-year-old who was last seen with Rand at a diner in 1984. To this day, none of the bodies have been found. The jury for Rand's case could not reach a verdict for the murder charges. There was not enough physical evidence of his direct involvement in Jennifer's death. However, they found him guilty of kidnapping, for which Rand received a 25-year sentence in prison. Rand would have been eligible for parole in 2008, but in 2004, new evidence came to light linking him to the disappearance of Holly Ann Hughes, who we talked about earlier. A fellow inmate took notes of conversations he had with Rand in which the letter described in detail his abduction of the girl. Rand was convicted on a second kidnapping charge and giving another 25-year sentence. He will not be eligible for parole until 2037 when he will be 93. Thank you. God, that's a downer, dude. Rand's story and that of Cropsey continues to fascinate and horrify tri-state residents to this day. While the person who took Jennifer Schweiger's life probably wasn't an axe-wielding maniac with a hook for a hand, her death and the disappearance of four other vulnerable young people were very real. Naive children have believed in the gruesome tales their older siblings peddled, but Staten Islanders were truly shocked that something so horrific could happen in their community. The tale of the Staten Island maniac is a reminder 
that there are all too real boogeymen lurking among us. Oh, and then I wrote God. down here, they have a whole Cropsy documentary on Netflix. It's just so weird that this tale was spun for years an urban legend from you know parents or older siblings or this or that and then all of a sudden it kind of came it kind of comes yeah. to life True, yeah and is that like uh life imitating art, art? like yeah, yeah. is it do you think any of that would have happened if i mean the guy's already fucked up we know that but would it have paralleled it so similarly if those stories didn't exist and these are the questions, Matt. These are the unsolved mysteries. Did you guys see there's a new trailer? No. I didn't see the new trailer, but I knew there was a new season dropping very soon. You're getting your ghosts. Yes. <laughs> When's it starting? Uh, I don't think it says. Oh, I think okay. it's just doing a teaser one. I can't believe they wouldn't have it out before Halloween. Yeah, they fucked up on that, right? Yeah, what are you going to do? Huh. But that either was way. a good one, Matt. That was a really good one. But a downer. One. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm, it, yeah. I did watch a document. I didn't watch the Cropsey documentary, but I did watch a documentary on that Willowbrook school. Yeah. And it does talk about how Geraldo Rivera shows up at the front doors. I was just going to say, maybe we need to give Geraldo a little more credit. Mm-hmm. Can I? Um, Hold on. Did <laughs> yeah, he... you go ahead. <laughs> I have to look for something. I, am I wrong or is this a different... Uh, talk show host that brought the fucking Kennedy assassination footage to light, or is that Geraldo? I'm not sure. That I don't know. It was that like Richard Belzer. So that doesn't sound right. That sounds like Hulk Hogan cho cho <laughs> choked him out. <laughs> no, that I think somebody went on Geraldo and brought the fucking Kennedy assassination footage. Could it, there's a name for it? I don't. I don't you guys into that? It's not the Zapruder film. Yes, or whatever, it's but that. It is that. I thought that was the Bigfoot shit. I have to look this up. I think the Zapruder film is like the Bigfoot. You ever get mixed up JFK? Over the Bigfoot's like walking. Yeah. Like, you ever get mixed it. up JFK and Sasquatch? Me too. All the time. Every, all the time. <laughs> so Bigfoot uh, had sex with Marilyn Monroe, right? No, that's Kennedy. <coughs> John F. or Bobby? Both. Both. <laughs> all right. But um, hold up. He did. So if he did that and this one, and then he missed on. And the. KKK in Janesville. That's and, what I wanted to touch on real quick. And then missed on the El Capone vaults. Let's give him three that's out of the four. That's still 75%. Yeah, that's pretty good odds. All right. I don't let, this is not a political podcast. I don't want to, um, to go down that route, but is he I running for president. No, but oh. I sent, I literally today before I even read that entire article, like I knew I was doing Cropsy last week. Uh, I printed that all off, but I didn't like read it thoroughly, you know? So I didn't even know Geraldo Rivera's name came up in that thing. But I did text Kendra just today, and I said, apparently <laughs> President Dipshit is still planning on visiting Janesville this Saturday. Yeah. And then Kendra responds with, great, just so we need. He's going to be pissed because he will always his visit will always play second fiddle in this town. He'll never top the Geraldo Ken <laughs> Peterson incident. <laughs> and I said, this is why I love you. <laughs> God's truth. That's the best. Oh, so fucking great. And then to hear Geraldo Rivero mentioned in that story was fucking awesome. What is he doing now? I would ne not be surprised if he shows up Saturday. <laughs> Just like he did on that fateful day. He's got to have a show, right? Whatever. He's got to have a show. He must be doing something. I got to find out who revealed that. That video like came out in like 1976. Did it? Yeah. And it was on like a talk show. I want to say it was Geraldo. It might be somebody else. 
probably was. And I think it's called the, what would you call it? Zapruder film. I swear to God, dude, it's called that. No. Um, <laughs> it's close. It's not close at all. No, it is. I was right. Zapruder film. Dude, That I is the swear. Kennedy assassination. So what's the, what's the Bigfoot one? I don't know. Let's go on to bigger, better things. Right? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> was it Geraldo or no? I don't know. I just Googled Zapruder film and it was the Kennedy assassination. Okay, how do you spell it? And I'll just... Z-A-P-R-U-D-E-R, I think. <laughs> oh my God. Anyways, while Adam does that, Sarah, do you want to get into yours? Yes. So I did the ghostly history of Patterson film was the Bigfoot one. Patterson, Pat Patterson of OSR, which is the Ohio State Reformatory. Oh, this is gonna be fucked too. And I was in all of these institutions are really bad. I, I was in Mansfield um, for a funeral. Okay. And that's like one of the things to do is to tour. This I did not tour it. Oh, but that would why have been not? awesome. Like no time he crunch. In, yeah. I, I would have skipped the funeral and toured the. Uh. You would not have. <laughs> um, stone walls and iron bars—they're still here. But what of the humanity, if you can call it that, of the old Ohio State Reformata Reformatory at Mansfield? What of the 154,000 inmates who passed through its gates in its 94 years as a working prison? Not to mention their keepers, the wardens, and the guards, the grave diggers, and the rest. What of them remains? As it turns out, more than you might think. No matter what their crime, some sent to Mansfield have never left. They rest unclaimed in a cheerless graveyard just outside the fence. 215 numbered markers laid out row on row. <laughs> Most were victims of disease, influenza, tuberculosis, but some died of less natural causes, from the violence that is all too common inside any prison and was far from unknown in this one. And the worst of it occurred well away from the main cell block with their rows of cages stacked tier on tier and inmates one or two to a cell. There were too many eyes, too many witnesses here. No. The worst of it was reserved for a far lonelier place, deep beneath the prison ground. A place called local control, or solitary by some, known by everyone else as the whole. Near total isolation can crack all but the toughest of cons, but none was so alone that there wasn't room for death. At least one inmate managed to hang himself, another set himself on fire. Once, what? once two men left too long in a single tomb-like cell, only one walked out, leaving his cellmate's body behind, stuffed beneath a bunk. Could there be other similar surprises or words left over from the days before the prison closed? Even when they're empty, some swear something walks these halls. It isn't enough for contemporary visitors not to wander off alone while sightseeing what's become one of Manfield's more popular tourist attractions. The bloodiest single incident in the old prison's history occurred outside its walls. In July 1948, when the reformatory's farm boss, his wife, and daughter were kidnapped and shot to death by two parolees bent on revenge. Damn. A six-state manhunt for the so-called Mad Dog Killers ended in a shootout that left Robert Daniels of Columbus in custody and his partner James West dead. 
I'll get the chair, Daniels told police as he signed the confession, and on January 3rd, 1949, he did. So, the Ohio State Reformatory, also known as the Mansfield Reformatory, is a historic prison located in Mansfield, Ohio. It was built between 1886 and 1910 and remained in operation until 1990. Whoa. When a United States federal court ruling ordered the facility to be closed. While this facility was used in a number of films, TV shows, and music videos, it was made famous by the film The Shawshank Redemption when yep. it was used for the majority of the movie. The whole That's why I was wondering why they haven't just fucking turned this thing into rubble. Yeah. And I remember the, the kidnapping thing or the, the stuff that went down outside the walls. I'm like, I know this one. Yeah. Um, the hope was this reformatory would be a place for nonviolent first-time offenders as a sort of halfway point between the Boys Reformatory in Lancaster and Columbus State Penitentiary. While the prison received its first 150 v- prisoners in 1896, construction wasn't completed until about 1910. It didn't take very long for the prison to stray from its original intention. As the criminal population of Columbus rose, prisoners with violent offenses and serial crimes were placed at OSR. The prison became overpopulated. Rooms intended for a single occupant now held three residents at a time. Approximately 200 people perished during their time of inc- during their time of incarceration from disease, murder, or suicide. The increased population and understaffing brought a series of torturous punishments. Mis- misbehaving residents could be susceptible to the popular hole, the sweat box, water tubes, and finally the butterfly, an electrical shocking device. That's only the beginning. There are a lot of ghosts here, and that statement is not unfounded. There's a ton of documented evidence from professional paranormal teams to weekly ghost overnights that OSR hosts during the fall season. Dang. (laughs) Um, Next year? I have a question. Ghost (laughs) overnight? If you had a choice, uh, you're going on a paranormal... You know, overnight or whatever. Cemetery, prison, or what's the third? I don't know. This is your scenario. Like an, a, an uh, abandoned asylum or something. Yeah. My lead, my, uh, I think I would go. To, okay, if I'm going in order of where I don't <laughs> think things are going to go down. Yeah. Cemetery, mental, prison. No, mental. A mental's the worst. You think? Yes. Oh, because they, they don't have like so the much state fucked up on restrictions on or okay. So mental prison cemetery. Yeah. Like we just be sleeping under the stars in a cemetery by yes. the end of it all. Like, this is nice. You might hear <laughs> a <quiet>. fucking. <laughs> it is so quiet. Wild here. animals break yeah, a stick somewhere in the yeah. fucking distance. Joe's here. He's digging for tomorrow. What's up, Joe? Like this is comforting. So here's some of the ghost stories of Mansfield, okay? Um, This one's the administration wing. Visitors and employees have reported experiencing strong paranormal events in the administration wing. This is where Garden Glatke and his wife Helen resided and where she suffered a fatal bullet wound from a gun that accidentally fell to the floor and the warden suffered a massive heart attack that ended his life. Jesus. Some claim that they have smelled rose perfume coming coming from Helen's pink bathroom. Others have reported feeling a rush of cold air pass through them as they walk through the area. 
It is not uncommon to hear of a jammed camera shutter, which inexplicably resumes working again once the visitor leaves this area. The chapel is the scene of many paranormal events. Many believe it is a nucleus for much of the prison's haunting and ghost tales. Supposedly, before the area became the chapel, it was used for executions. People have said that they have captured many orbs in photographs and that they have recorded strange, unidentifiable sounds when inside the chapel. Spirits have been sighted hanging around the doorways but quickly vanish once their presence has been detected. Many prisoners died miserable deaths in the infirmary. It has been said that the sick and dying inmates were left there without care, many who starved to death because they were too weak to fight off the thieves that stole their food. This area is known in paranormal circles to set off EMF, which is electrical electromagnetic frequency. Yeah, fields. Um, EMF detectors and many claim to have captured clusters of orbs and photos. An unexplained gust of air passing by has also been reported by visitors in this area. The basement is home to two specific entities, one tragic and one nefarious. According to lore, a 14-year-old boy was beaten to death in the basement. Jesus Christ. His shadow is seen flickering across walls or out of the corner of your eye as as if he's escaping. Despite the lack of description, you'll be able to decipher his presence from the other ghostly resident of the basement. While the energy of the boy is light, you can feel something unnerving and unsettling when the guard is in your presence. He has been described as a a sinister experience and is believed to be the murderer of the young boy. Clearly, when you're in a prison, you're going to spend a lot of your time in the cell block. And the cell block is where many many have their most uncomfortable and terrifying experiences. These cells, after all, were where most of the prisoners spent the duration of their stays. These small cells were overcrowded, spilling over maximum occupancy early on in the history of the prison. It's really safe to say that this was a miserable miserable place where people lived miserable existences. See, I don't know, man. Sometimes I think that prison... Abandoned. I think the insane asylum's worse. Uh, suicide... You can get out. <laughs> if, if, you can get out of the... I don't know. Uh, suicides and tragedies were not uncommon. In 1930, a large fire broke out, killing 330 people and severely injuring 200 others. Those who survived were confined to a hot, crowded attic space covered in painful burns that, based on conditions, probably, probably were prone to infection. While there were a lot of suicides in the building, two of them are infamous throughout the East Cell Block one of which is James Lockhart. It's believed that Lockhart, who had less violent offenses than his cellmate and neighbors, was experiencing bullying and threats. To escape his fate at their hands, he stole a turpentine can and set himself on fire. Jesus. The fire was so significant that all anyone could do was watch him slowly melt, screaming and writhing in pain as he died. Larry Hamer, a president, a prisoner who was a week due from transferring made a noose out of his bed sheets and tossed himself over the railing, hanging himself. Everyone assumes that there was a fate worse than death waiting for him at that other prison. Visitors report getting so nauseous and dizzy walking around these cell blocks, they had to stop multiple times. Someone, a shadow, watches you walking through the cell blocks. People report before the shadow appears the experience of nausea comes on which is a common occurrence when the air pressure is changing and the energy levels are wacky from another presence when prisoners were still were still housed at osr some of them said they felt a woman pull their blanket up around them in a comforting way 
Located in the basement of the prison, the hole was the ultimate punishment for unruly inmates. Roaches and rats move freely inside and outside of the cells. A lot of negative paranormal activity has been reported in the 20 whole cells. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot of solitary. <laughs> Reports of sudden nausea, fever-like chills, and an uncomfortable feeling of being watched have occurred while visiting the area. Oh, because each one is decorated with the hands resistant resistant paintings. <laughs> it is perhaps the creepiest area of the prison, and as you would expect, the whole of the prison is another real hot spot for paranormal experiences. For those of you unfamiliar, the whole is a cul culmination of small cells intended for the isolation of particularly naughty prisoners. Prisoners were not You're allowed so naughty. <laughs> naughty. We're not allowed to leave were not allowed to leave their cell in their time within the hole, and the rooms within the hole had no exposure to natural light. It was a pretty miserable place to be, and such a punitive technique has been known to drive people to and over the brink of insanity. It's all, designed to break you. Yeah. All in all. I just thought the weird, the, the word naughty was, that was a weird, like, it was. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was weird, right? All in like, all. no, you are thrown in the hole. You're, you're, you're naughty. You're being naughty. Solitary confinement. <laughs> Not uh, naughty. You know. Yeah, all in all, it was said that 100 prisoners were sent to the hole in a space that was intended for only 20. Living people who enter the hole experience nausea, cold spots, difficulty breathing, and generally a lot of get-me-out-of-here discomfort. The chair room is probably one of the strangest and most unassuming sites of the Ohio State Reformatory. You're walking down a hallway, and you look to the right. Here is the windowless room with a chair placed in the middle, facing outwards toward you, like someone is watching you. Legend has it that a very dark entity lives in this room and prefers for the chair to be in the middle of the room. If you move the chair, expect for it to move back after. There is one account where a person sat in the chair provoking the spirit. They were yelling at it, inciting it to take action. The person left with scratch marks all down their back. Visitors report feeling very uncomfortable when entering the room. They note feeling as if someone is staring at them intimidatingly and by bidding them to move along their route. The vestiges of misery acquired over a near century of operation continue to haunt the hallways unapologetically in the forms of tens upon tens of very active ghosts scattered about the prison. It's no wonder that the prison was shut down in 1990 due to inhumane and overpopulated conditions. However, the Ohio State Reformatory offers ghost hunts to the public. It includes access to the building, allowing visitors to roam on their own if they choose, or to join a guided tour. Information can be found on the OSR website. We've been to Ohio, but for less. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> for, for, tw for two minutes I less. think we need to plan a trip. Yeah. I would Maybe next summer. Or yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I so wonder that's the Shawshank one? Yeah. yeah. Fucking A, And it dude. looks, I mean, I've, yes. we went, we drove past it, and it was like right from the movie. Really? Mm -hmm. I think I've seen a couple of those shows that, that go in there. Yeah. Yes. That one's a good one. I want to know why a 14-year-old boy was murdered in the prison. Why, they, why, why was, was he even, even at the there? prison? I was wondering that, too. Yeah, I don't know. And then what kind of hell is that where you're a 14-year-old boy and... You get killed by this guard, presumably, and now in the afterlife, you're still stuck in this room with the guard? Yeah. Fuck. That boy must have been really naughty <laughs> to deserve that. <laughs> yeah, dang, I don't know. Good God. It's terrible. <laughs> Kid ghosts are the worst, right? Can we, can we agree on that? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that's fucked up. I think it would be really spooky to be in in that place. So you said they do overnights? Yes, you can do overnights. You can go for you can go to and just get in there and walk around on your own. Dude, or go think on of the money tour. we'll save on, on not getting a hotel. <laughs> oh my god! Spend the night at the prison. The music would be a little different from the last summer in <laughs> Cleveland, but yes, let's go to let's go back to Ohio. And when you go to the OSR website too, they like you can see photos of all of these different places. How and, do you, you know, feel about like um? You know, several mentions there about orbs. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about those? I, I think it's bullshit. Do I, don't, you? I don't give a shit about orbs. I don't either. I think it's just a, a speck of dust. It could hitting, be dust. Hitting right or something. I right. Don't know. It could be just something with the way the film was developed or whatever, right? I, yeah. I, I would go like the bottom of my ghost chain. It'd be like orbs. Um, weird animals that like run by and they're like we have surveillance of a weird ghost or like a a weird troll you ever seen those like there's a troll in guatemala but you know or a human person but it's a it's a it's an elf you ever seen those ones i don't think so oh send you now i want to now i want to but like the orbs though why is like so if you know that you're in a suspect place or environment that you know you're suspecting to be scared of something ghostly why are the orbs showing up in those photos only and not in other ones that you take just wherever the fuck you are, you know? Good point. Matt, on your ring, your doorbell dealie, yeah. you ever get orbs? I don't think so. Kendra, but it has, it has to trigger something, though? Motion triggers. It's a trigger motion. I mean, I can, okay. I can look at it at a, like a live view anytime I want, but for, for me to get like a notification, hey, there's somebody at your door has to be some sort of motion and i don't think an orb setting that off i think orbs get downplayed because it's like oh it's just it seems explainable that or it's it, yeah, it doesn't look does. scary it's like it's just oh there's a yeah. light yeah eh. but i bet too though like if you were in that area or that room or whatever and you take the photo and let's just you know you know because you were there what you're looking at and there was nothing there but if you're taking with a flash camera and it just flashes right on a piece of dust right in yeah. front of the lens you like, might notice if you, that. if you take a you know if, if you put microscope right. or but there's or, dust ah, everywhere I true i know orbs is a tough one i don't know it, it just doesn't freak me out right it doesn't there's nothing real scary about it. an orb even if it is like a spirit it almost seems soothing like yeah, I feel good. Oh, I just feel. Like, I feel like I need I to feel eat like it. I have a little fairy around me. Or yeah, I'll eat it and get powerful. So, oh my god! <laughs> like the Zelda guy, the guy who had the scratches on his back was probably from one of those shows that you watched. And they yes, I mean, it was. You can see it. You can see. You watch the video and you watch the whole interaction, and then you see that him pulling up his shirt, and there's scratches yeah, there down. Is, it. Uh, yes, I've watched Crazy. the same one. Yeah. Um, also. Uh, Happy birthday to Roman. Yeah, I posted it on yeah, the page today. Yeah, that was today. a good one. That was a good post. And he says he has some stories about the old weary road. Oh, Ooh. nice. And um, um, Becky and Abby have were wanting to come on, maybe not together but separate, and do one true three. Yes. About That'd like, be fun. Like tell us some three school stories and we get to guess which one's true. I love it. Beautiful. Yeah. I love yeah. interaction. You want to yeah. get a shower thought or a... Uh, yeah, we probably we're probably running a little late, so why don't I'm gonna we do shower? a little lighthearted one. I love it. I don't know if I did this one or not. Hold on, palate cleanser from all this spookiness, yeah. man. You know, <laughs> all 
All right. Half an inch doesn't seem like much until you sit down with a toilet with a seat up. On a toilet with a seat up. <laughs> True that. Thank you, gang. We'll Thanks, see you next guys. week for volume three. So